I walk down the alley. It's cold and it's dark. I shiver. I have my fingerless gloves on because it's cold, but not too cold. It's New York. It's snowing a little, but not too much snow. I'm a New Yorker. I go down the alleyway looking for my lone shark. <laughs> and I stand there waiting nervously. How am I going to tell him I don't have the money to pay him back? Thump, thump, thump. Oh my god, my lone shark. Hey, what are you talking about here? I'm shark. I shiver in my boots. Oh no, that voice. I know that voice anywhere. Emerging from the alleyway shadows is the big rat. Hey, it's me, Ratman, the Lone Shark. Hey, bada bing, bada boom, rada ring, rada roo. Mr. Rat, please, sorry. I, I know I needed to give you my money by tonight, but, but I need a little more time. Another week, please. My family, I need to... Hey, uh, what are you talking about? I don't care about your family. Give me my money. Mr. Rat, please, please. Hey, all this bit. <laughs> Hold on, I lost the accent. New York. <laughs> okay. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's the only thing I know how to say in a New York accent. Fuck. This is so embarrassing. Accents aren't my thing. Hey, I don't care about your family. I just need the money. Mr. Rat, please, I'm begging you, please, my family. Hey, Johnny, Johnny the Rat, come over here. One of the my, one of my loan sharks, rat henchmen, comes out of the shadows with a chainsaw. I'm Johnny <laughs> the Rat. And if you don't give me my money, if you don't give my boss their money, in 10 seconds, you're gonna get your fingers chains. You're gonna get your arm chainsawed off. No, I need my arms. I'm a painter. I'm struggling. I need a little more money to buy canvases from Michaels, please. It's how my family gets their food. Painting is my only income. Hey, I'm Johnny the Rat. Maybe find a better job. There are starving artists out here. I know Johnny the Rat. I'm one of them. It's really hard in the arts right now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I should have had a little more structure to this one. Oh, I'm Big Rat Man, shock loner. Uh, give me my money now. You have ten seconds. Ten. Nine. Mr. Rat, please. Seven. Six. Mr. Rat, please. I'm begging. I'm begging on my knees. Three. Two. Mr. Rat, please. One. You know what to do, Johnny. Hey, I'm Johnny the Rat. <laughs> Hey, I'm Johnny the Rat. That's my job. I chainsaw your arms off. You got ten more seconds, or it's the other arm. Oh, Johnny, please. Um, hey, uh, Terrence. <laughs> Terrence, my other henchman. Come on out here. Terrence the Rat. Oh, they're all wearing red and black striped shirts, and they're wearing little newsboy caps. And they look a lot like the rats from Ratatouille, but in real life and human-sized, just a little background. And it's snowing and it's in New York. Terrence walks out with hedge clippers <laughs> and, 
and and ta oh Terrence, <laughs> fuck, I lost it. Uh, hey, New York, I'm Terrence the Rat. Uh, I got my hedge clippers. If you don't pay the money in 10 seconds, not only is your other arm gonna get cut off, but I'm gonna cut your toes off. Terrence, no! Please, Terrence! God! This is so embarrassing! I need another week to get the money! My arm, it's off! Please! Just give me another chance! I'm Ratman, the loan shark. You don't get another chance. 10, 9, but I have a son and a daughter. 8, 7, Six. Their names are Tim and Lucy. Three, two, one. Click, click, click. My arm, my toes. God, no, no, no. Don't mess with the Rat Man, Lone Shock. Stab, 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 stab. The Rat Man stabs me. I cry for help. Help, help. I'm being stabbed. That's what you get for not paying me my money. I reach up, oh, I don't have arms. I call out to the night sky and to the snow in New York and I scream, I should have picked a more stable job with a better income. And then I die and I become a ghost. And it's Christmas. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Stories with Mel and Jess. I'm your host, Ahona. I dressed up as a toad for Halloween. I am in love with the moon and I can't believe it's our season finale. Everyone, this is a biggin. Biggin as in big one. I was trying to save some time. This is a podcast where my good friends Mel and Jess write spooky ooky stories and try to scare the poop out of us. We have a special guest here. You've met him before. Carson, say hello to the crowd. Hello! Carson, 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 how's it, how does it feel to open our season and then close our season? How do you feel? I'm going to be honest. It's a huge honor. I'm happy to be back. Had a great time last time. Looking forward to some more spooky, ooky stories this time. Oh, hell yeah. Sorry for saying hell. Actually, wait a second. We've established that I can swear. Oh, hell yeah. If you are new to our podcast, which I don't think any of you are, but if you are, welcome. We are going to hear some spooky stories, and Carson here is going to rank them. The three criteria that Carson is going to judge our stories on are, would you tell the story around a campfire, can you sleep tonight, and can you bring it home to mama? That last one is up to interpretation. I don't even know what it means, but it makes me chuckle. All right. We are going to start off with Jess's story. Jess, do you have a title for your story, or would you like me to think of something along the way? I would love for you to think of something along the way. I would love to think of something along the way. Perfect. Everyone, for our season finale, we are starting off with Jess's story. Take it away. Spoop my pants off. A little throwback to the first episode. Okay, go. Thank you so much. Okay, cool. My story. When they were told the house had a rat problem, they didn't really blink twice. Rats were rats. They didn't consider themselves someone who was really all that afraid of them. Small little rodents, that's all they were. The landlord promised an exterminator would come by soon anyway to deal with the problem, and that would be that. 
any little scurrying sound in the walls, any small shadowed shape dashing, dashing past them in the basement, any soft screeching sound from some muffled place piercing through the night, they could brush them all off with the promise of the coming exterminator. Only a few weeks passed, then a few months, and to not so much their surprise, but simply their disappointment, no exterminator ever came. Contact with their landlord swiftly became sparser, with more time between each phone call or text, each with less and less words, less and less information. One-word answers, vague time frames, unhelpful and insincere expressions of sympathies were all their complaints were met with. The most support they'd received was on a morning when a pile of mousetraps appeared on the doorstep with a note that said something about for the time being. However, despite having set them up that day, still increased were the signs and sounds of the aforementioned rat problem. Tiny scuff and scratch marks on the baseboards started appearing more and more. Piles of droppings in the corners of rooms accumulated. At night, the ever-persistent sounds of something stirring in the walls, burrowing and ever so faintly squeaking, grow, growing and growing until it burrowed its way into their dreams. Though that wasn't the only thing they started to dream about. As time passed, as the issue increased, something else made its way into their dreams. Something nightmarish, whose appearance they'd blame simply on the agitation brought on by the whole situation during their morning reflections. A large body of fur. Two far too human yellow eyes, nearly glowing in the dark. The hot and rancid breath of something breathing right in their face. Staring, snarling, sinister. In all ways, it was a rat, except in size. Much too big and much too wrong. After the seventh night in a row, they dreamt of this thing they called their landlord. The conversation about as productive as they feared it would be. Another empty, unconvincing promise about calling the exterminator tomorrow. They put the phone down on the kitchen counter, taking a moment to stand in the brightness of the near-afternoon light coming in through the curtainless window, when something wet dripped onto their face. Thinking maybe they imagined it, they wiped their cheek and submitted themselves again to their exhaustion-weighted thoughts. However... When it happened again moments later, they looked at their hand after wiping the spot they felt the wet sensation, gaze becoming stuck when they saw small smears of red against their skin. Looking up, stomachs starting to flutter, they saw a small drop of red welling up through a crack between the light fixture overhead and the ceiling. They blinked. Another drop fell and rolled from their forehead and they stopped it halfway down their cheek with a frantic wipe. Looking down at their feet, not knowing how they didn't see it earlier, was a patch of both wet and dried blood on the tile floor, right beneath the light. It took a few moments before they realized why their ceiling was bleeding. A mousetrap in the attic must have finally been triggered. The slight but guilt-tinged relief was quickly squashed by the subsequent thought reminding them that they'd have to deal with the mess. The attic was a room they rarely entered, rarely used. 
storage space for the things they didn't need access to except on certain occasion, things stored when they had moved in and forgot about. Armed with yellow rubber gloves and an abundance of lavender-scented garbage bags, they made their way up the narrow stairs. The seldom-used door at the top creaked with an almost comically creepy sound as they pushed it open and stepped into the room. As the attic had a single hanging light, they had to venture into the dark room to turn it on, knowing that somewhere in the shadowed space was a bloodied and dead rat to just set them a bit on edge. They stepped carefully until they walked right into the dangling chain, hugged it, and the room filled with light. The wooden floor had large gaps between it through which they could see structure and wires and other internal elements of the house. Immediately, they saw the blossom of red and the poor dead thing it was coming from. Behind it, however, was a sight more pressing than the rat. A large, obviously gnawed hole in the wall, drywall and insulation both torn away by teeth, the gap rough-edged and far, far too big to have been made by rats for rats, they thought to themselves. A large, shadowed crater that a medium-sized dog could comfortably pass through. If they were determined, even they themselves could have crawled into it, into the framework. Compelled by their curiosity, they took a step closer, peering into the dark space, the dim yellow light of the attic only offering so much support. Their ponderings were interrupted by a scurrying sound echoing from somewhere within that very hole. And so they, deciding it was an issue they had no interest in addressing in that moment, turned their back on the hole and their attention towards the trap and its contents. Later that afternoon, attic door shut and dead rat disposed of, they noticed a text on their phone from the landlord, informing them that finally an exterminator was coming. However, not until the next week. They just had to hold out until then which didn't seem an overly discouraging task, but was another seven or eight days in the grand scheme of things. That was the thought, the resigned sort of hope that carried them through the rest of the day and on into the night. They settled into their bed, and with a new sense of resolve did their best to mentally block out the sounds of burrowing, chirping, chewing that became heightened by the silence. But their resolve couldn't fend off the dreams. This nightmare, like the others, started off in their room, with a sound. The sound of something large, with a scraping sound of claws against wood slinking across the attic floor above. The sound of the door creaking open. The dream of something sneaking all the way down into their room, at the foot of their bed as a huddled and foul-smelling shadow. Breathing hot, eyes yellow. However, tonight, the dream didn't stop there. Tonight, they felt something small but heavy suddenly over the covers, and looking down, saw a, a rat, dead, now placed just below their feet. They dared not move. It was only a dream. It wasn't real, but that didn't mean the dread was false. They dared not make a sound as the shadow reached a clawed hand up and clamped it around their ankle, pain burning, searing, sharp erupting there. 
They shut their eyes tight, reminding their racing mind that it was only a dream. They could wake up and consign that thing and the pain that it brought once again to their subconscious. They reminded themselves that it was an image triggered by stress. They opened their eyes to the sound of their alarm, and the first beams of daylight doing their best against the blinds on the window. A sigh of relief left their chest as they, shifting, lifted the covers to stand when they saw some dark shape roll off the edge of the bed. Curious, they stood, only for a stabbing pain in their ankle to push them back to sitting. Examining it, they saw four red, round punctures in the skin, dried blood both around the wounds but also, upon inspection, staining the sheets. Heart now racing, palms clammy, they shifted to look over the edge of the mattress and saw what had tumbled onto the floor. Their mouth went dry, hair on their necks standing on end. A dead rat, bloodless, spine clearly broken, lay on the carpet. Their dream came rushing back with nauseating clarity. Someone had come into their room. Something had crawled out of the attic and into their room. The hot breath, the sound, smell, it happened. The proof was there as four sore cuts on their ankle, as a rodent carcass on the floor. They couldn't wait for the exterminator. Whatever that was, they, they couldn't be in the house with it. Armed with their phone, the baseball bat they kept tucked under the bed, and the uninhibited mind of someone who'd only just woken up, they made their way to that narrow staircase, climbed each step favoring their ankle, staying grounded against their rising fear with the pain, and paused outside the seldom-used door. The door they had shut the day before. The door that was mostly ajar. A deep breath. The door creaked as it was pushed the rest of the way open, revealing the dark attic. They turned on the sharp light of their phone flashlight, adjusted the bat in their hand, and took a step into the room. Instantly, the sound of fearful scurrying and scampering gave them pause. Shining the light around, they caught the tails of small, quick-moving shapes retreating into their many hiding places, startled by their presence. They stepped further into the attic, stopping again when the cool chain for the light made contact with their face. Then, with the light on, they stared at that hole they'd noticed the day before, almost swearing it was bigger now. A few steps closer, the flashlight still doing little against the shadows, showing only tufts of shredded insulation, dropping small bits of chewed drywall. The sound, louder and louder the closer they got. Scratching sounds against the wood, like hundreds upon hundreds of little rodent feet just running, running towards them. As it got louder, however, they realized that the sound was too uniform to be a symphony of many rats getting closer and closer. It was a single set of footprints. A familiar smell wafted towards them. The sound of grunted breaths. And suddenly, two yellow eyes shone at them in the darkness. Terribly familiar. Nightmarish and getting closer. Whoa, did 
Did you know that Discord can let you choose your own background? How do I turn my camera on without doing that? The fuck? Ew, Jess, that was grody brody. Sorry about that filter thing. I realized you can pick one without having to use a background. Jessica! I hate rats. I hate rats. I hate rats. This is a fun theme. Oh yeah, our theme is rats. I hate rats. I think they're gross. Okay. <laughs> here's a big, here's a name for your story. Okay. It's a little biased because I hate rats. But <laughs> my title that kept coming up when you kept saying dead rats, I was like, ew, rats, ew. The last ew is all caps. Because I, ugh, I love Ratatouille, but I hate rats. Love this theme, though. Hate rats, though. <laughs> okay, we're gonna scoot over to Mel's story. Jess, your writing is so beautiful. Just saying. Anyway, Mel, spook my little socks off. Please, please, please. So this story, you already fucking know, doesn't have a name. Um, so you get the pleasure of naming it. <clears throat> A gentle whistle, the grinding of gears, a sharp, pungent cry, silence. My rent is $65 a month, including utilities, which seems like a steal before you factor in the black mold, or the peeling wallpaper, the no hot water, the rats, <laughs> the screaming kids. Not screaming kids like in a murdery way or whatever. I'm sorry how that sounded, I'm not used to having company, so my people skills are a little rusty. Or more than a little rusty, since you're not really saying anything. Uh, anyways. I live above an arcade. That's why the kids. And the rent. Honestly, I don't think there's technically supposed to be anyone living up here, since the only window is a hole in the wall, but hey, when times get rough. Also, you won't tell anyone about this, will you? Because if you do, I'll definitely get evicted and you'll have to pull out the futon. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that was funny either. Sorry. Seriously, though, if you have a futon, we should talk. <laughs> anyways, it's... It's important that I get through this. It's important you know everything. It's, it just is, okay? I need to keep going. I live above this noisy-ass arcade downtown, which happens to be the noisiest part of the city, and every day I get waken up around like 7 a.m. to screaming kids. God, they're so fucking annoying. I used to work there when I first moved here, but Jesus Christ, I could not handle these kids. I mean, it's just like everyone comes out of the womb knowing two things. Number one, screaming is the best way to get what you want. And number two, it feels good to piss in the ball pit. <laughs> I lasted about two years, I think. The pay was alright, and since I lived in the building, they knocked down rent 20 bucks and called it a day. Uh, when the place first opened, I got hired. Everything was perfect. I mean... As perfect as it can be standing in a room for eight hours, counting tokens, listening to animatronics sing, and handing parents shitty Bud Light, Bud Light knockoffs. But once this place started getting a bit more popular, kids start flocking in left and right, forgetting all consonants upon entrance, and only letting everyone else know their emotions by long, high-pitched, drawn-out vowels. It made me pissed. Seriously pissed. And it's so shitty to get mad at a kid, too, because they're just kids. I mean... Technically, I'm just a kid, too. Like, 22 isn't exactly wise, you know? But these guys are just kids' kids. Just innocent. That's why I ended up getting fired. I couldn't handle the yelling. Well, I mean, I did handle it, but by yelling back and maybe shoving a six-year-old into the ball pit? <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, what does matter is that this building seriously could not afford losing me. This is a family-owned business getting way too much success and not knowing what to do with it, so maybe I still help out a little once or twice. 
I was the only guy that cleaned the bathrooms, you know? I, I took all the garbage out. Sometimes when they close up for the day, I just sneak in to clean up a bit, save, save them the trouble. Maybe I thought this was saving my conscience. Maybe I thought God was smiling down at me and going, Jason, I forgive you for pushing that six-year-old into the ball pit. That kid was an ass. You clean counters for free now. You're a good man. <laughs> Either way, I did this for a month before, well, you know. Uh, I remember the day it all changed too, you know? Squeaking. I was doing my usual once-over on tiles, looking for any fun liquid that could end up there when I heard the squeaks. Uh, the squeaks of shoes, I mean, sorry. <laughs> Should have been more specific. Uh, gentle squeaking shoes coming closer to me. I hid behind the claw machine and peeked through the glass, just waiting to get arrested or beat with, like, the whack-a-mole hammer when I heard gentle sniffles. It was just, like, a little boy. Like, a little guy, maybe four or five, who was very lost and very scared. And I braced myself to get up and help him when something stopped me. And I don't know what it was. Love, maybe. Infatuation, more, maybe. It's hard to draw the line between those two. Something terribly strong held me behind that machine and just watched. Watched his perfect face, the gentle rosy cheeks, long, thick, wet eyelashes with tears. He was scared. And I liked it. He walked off a couple seconds later, and there was an amber alert, too, I think. Well, they never found him. Maybe I could have done something. Maybe I did. Maybe standing behind there was just his choice as much as helping him. Maybe... I'm getting ahead of myself. This arcade, the one I live above, has huge cracks in the wall. Looks like some mice went to town in the foundation or something, caused the whole thing to lose its standing. Whatever it was, those huge cracks were just wide enough that you could focus one eye through them from the emergency exit and just watch. Watch all those screaming kids running around. Innocent. Beautiful. Infatuating. They would be just so perfect if they didn't scream. My favorite were the younger ones, too. The ones who didn't know know yet how to hurt, the ones with the perfect smooth skin like the first boy I saw. Well, those were the ones who started going missing first. The easiest to grab, too. Shove any kid's throat with sugar and they're bound to crash somewhere, like sleep under the hockey table, maybe use the ball pit as a nice piss-soaked bed. And maybe they never get found. Maybe it was their destiny to never get found in the first place. Maybe if they didn't scream so much. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. This new guy gets hired, Darren, or whatever, and this guy has the most beautiful little sister, Emily. God, even the name sounds perfect, doesn't it? Emily? Long, golden hair, deep, rich brown eyes, gentle freckles, thin frame, about like six or seven at most. Can't you just picture it in your head? It's perfect. It's innocent. I spend all my days watching her. Sure, a few kids go missing once or twice, but who cares, right? I've met the one. She's the only woman, sorry, girl, girl for me. Once in a while, something goes out of service. Maybe the Pac-Man machine isn't displaying accurate high scores or animatronic starts to smell a little funky and the building asks me to come down and take a look at it. They pocket me a little bit of cash under the table and on I go, better than before. They say I do a phenomenal job too, especially on the animatronic. There's something so beautiful about the stuck smiling faces. Innocent. Kids go missing. Emily gives me something to live for. Animatronics get fixed. Look, I'm sure you know where this is going. I mean, it's why you're here, isn't it? It's not like you're coming in blind here. We all know my secret. It takes a certain shape to fit a good suit. 
gentle skin as to not damage any gears, innocent, beautiful eyes to pair with the perfect smiling face, sometimes some good hair to fix the fur. It's better this way, to keep them in there, when there's no more shouting. Honestly, hey, I mean, to an extent you do agree with me. You agreed with me earlier on too when I talked about how annoying kids are. Why is this different? Kids stop crying, parents can finally get the divorce they've been thinking about, animatronics stay upright. I have a lot of extra free time too. Extra free time to maybe learn where Emily goes to school, maybe follow her home, maybe stand just below her window watching her in love. Or infatuation, sorry, it's just, it's so hard to drop a line between those two. I'd stand under her window for hours, breathing in her scent, crawling in a couple times and just standing in the doorway, hiding under her bed in her closet, smiling. Anyways, uh, back to these animatronics. They're a whole band. There's seven of them, sometimes eight, depending on, well, you know. And they each have their own little instrument, like Donna, the turtle drummer, Pango, the bird guitarist, and so on. But the lead singer, now, that's the real beauty of the whole thing. He's this perfect creature, standing tall, always smiling, just always so so young and so, uh, so innocent. Gorgeous. Mm. He's the one I work hardest for, but there's always something missing, something that can't make everyone else see him the way I see him. I brush his fur, or hair, <laughs> really, every day. I swear I do, and I position him just right. He never gets a chance to smell. I change him maybe every week, but it's not quite right. It's missing love, I think. Care? I don't know, what do you think? Oh, right, you're gagged, <laughs> sorry. It's just, well, it's the screaming, you know. I told you I didn't like screaming. Just now, like maybe two, maybe three minutes ago, I talked about how much I fucking hated it, but you didn't listen, did you? You screamed like that first kid. God, did he never fucking shut up. Took all the fun out of it too, the thrill. He was, he was fucking perfect. Well, just like you, Emily. Well, that's why it has to be you. You understand, don't you? I mean, you've seen how perfect this animatronic is, how perfect you are, the, the round, big eyes, very rat-like. It just couldn't be anyone else, could it? You know, like the rat man, the singer of it all. Well, he fits your frame exactly. Don't cry, come on. You're gonna get all the gears button there. It took so long to get you inside. Look, honestly, you've got resilience. Real strength, honestly. I mean it. I think you'll last longer than anyone. Most kids go about a week, week and a half at most, before it's starving to death or asphyxiation. Who's, who's to say? Well, I really do think you'll be a record. Chuck E. Cheese is honored to have you. Anyways, have fun out there, won't you? Scream all you like. The other kids are too loud to hear it anyways. A gentle whistle. The grinding of gears. A sharp, pungent cry. Silence. Literally, what the fuck was that? That was disgusting! Ew. I hate rat stories! Grody, grody, grody. I hate Jason, too. Jess, I'm gonna change your story title to Dead Rats Ew instead of Ew Rats Ew, but the Ew at the end is still capitalized. And Mel, your story is What the Freak, and then in brackets, Rats, because we do have a theme going on. What the freak was that? Ugh, disgusting. Ew! Ah, oh. Gross. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the judging. Carson, what are your initial thoughts on our season finale spooks? Mel, your stories always, always get me. I'm grossed out. Hello, Carson. 
Okay. Yeah, so, uh, gotta say, y'all really brought it this time. Um, yeah, those were fantastic stories, both very, very gross in very different ways. Um, yeah, those, those are my initial thoughts on both of them. Is that good? <laughs> no, that's super, super good. Um, okay. <laughs> no, 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 that was great. That was great, buddy. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go over... <laughs> You're so welcome. I'm going to go over the criteria once again, and then you are going to judge them each out of five. We're going to start with Jess's story. The first one is, can you, t would you tell this story around a campfire? Can you sleep tonight? And can you bring it home to mama? Tell us how you feel about Jess's story. Judge it, judge it, judge it. Okay. So Jess's story, I thought there was some fantastic building in there. Um, it started out kind of like, you know, like, like, like a realistic, oh, there's like a gross little rat problem. And then it like built into like just straight up horror. And I really, really, I really liked that. I thought the build was fantastic. I thought the ending was really creepy. I liked that it wasn't really definitive. Um, the classic Jess move. Um, yeah, uh, I thought it was, I thought, it, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It was very creepy. I liked that. Um, it, you know, it, it had that realism that kind of just borderlined on the fiction part. I, yeah, I thought that it was just really well written. So, um, for, would you tell the story around the campfire? Um, I am giving Jess's story a four out of five points. Um, for, am I going to sleep tonight? Um, Jess's story also gets a four out of five points. Um, and then for would you bring it home to mama? It gets a one out of five points because I don't think my mom would like it very much because she would think it's gross. Um, I love my mom. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to creep her out. You know. Um, so now do I move on to Mel's story? Sorry. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you okay. do. Okay. So now, now on to uh, Mel's story. Um. I, I thought I, I liked the first person perspective of it. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, it uh, I my notes for this one uh, started as actual notes and then devolved into me just going ah. Um, it was it was gross in a completely different way. Um, it made me feel very icky. I am going to go cry in the shower after this after hearing that story. Um, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, so, uh, would I tell the story around a campfire? Uh, five out of five for that one. Um, am I going to sleep tonight? Five out of five, not going to sleep tonight. Um, would I bring this home to mama? Absolutely not. Going nowhere near my mom. So it's a zero out of five. So, um, that, that brings, uh, Jess's total to nine points out of a possible 15, and Mel's to a ten points out of a possible 15. Um, so, in my opinion, do you do the math? No, no, no. I was just going to say thank you for doing the math. Please oh, continue. Okay. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. So, yeah, this, this, time, this time, Mel is uh, my winner. Although both stories were fantastic. I want to I wanna rank because it's a fun little thing I do. Carson, thank you for ranking. Very good notes. I love, I love hearing feedback. <laughs> Even though they're not my stories. I just think it's fun. Um, for Jess's story, would I tell this story around a campfire? Four out of five. Yes, I would. I think that I could really play around with some special effects. Like a little scritching around, like little rat feet. I think that could be fun and spooky. Can I sleep tonight? Three out of five. 
Um, we live in Alberta and we don't get rats, but I hate rats. So it's a little bit of a conflicting, like, can I sleep tonight? Can I not sleep tonight? You know how it is. And then would I bring it home to my mama? Yes, I would. Four out of five. I think she'd really enjoy it. I think my mom would really enjoy your writing, TBH. Um, Mel's story. Mel, oh, <laughs> you're my role model. I just think you're the coolest. Okay. Um, this isn't my time to gush. Would I tell the story around a campfire? Yes, I would. 4.5 out of 5. I think it is spooky ooky. I think it is disgusting in the most, like, creepiest way. I love it. I love it. Can I sleep tonight? No, I cannot. 5 out of 5. What the fuck was that all about? And would I bring it home to my mom? Uh, yeah, I think so. I give it a 2 out of 5 because it is a little disgusting. <laughs> in, like, the best way. But I think she'd enjoy it in, like a fun way. <laughs> I don't know. But those are just my rankings. I am the host. My rankings don't mean anything except yes, they do. Bump it bump bump. Secret fun guest. It's me. I'm the, I'm the second judge for our season finale. I really got you all with that. Didn't I? My votes do count. So instead of 15 for our story writers, it is out of 30. Let me do a little more math. Hold on. My team has gotten back to me. I am my team. I have the results. I'm so freaking excited! Just as a fun reminder of what our prize is for this season finale, the winner gets a $5 e-transfer from me and a Subway sandwich from me. So, <sighs> folks... It has been a hell of a ride, and I have our season finale winner for you. Today's episode winner is Mel. Congrats, Mel. And our season finale winner is Jess. Jess, do you have any feelings or thoughts? Um... This is a, this, I, I am so grateful. I, this has been so much fun. And the real prize is that I got to tell fun stories with my besties. Mel's shaking their head, but I'm not even kidding. I, we just did this because we wanted to tell stories. Um, and the rest has been a fun bonus along the way. I will say, Mel, that is probably one of the best horror stories I have ever heard. I had to get up and walk around. And I just did a whole horror thing. That was, don't tell the others, that was like scarier than anything I've heard. So, um, amazing. I'm in love with you. I'm not going to gush because not time or place, but yeah. That was my fave story, TBH, as well. Perhaps the real spooky stories were the friends we made along the way. Mel, do you have any parting thoughts for our season finale? Um, I am so incredibly flattered Jessica said that. I'd also like to apologize to everyone because I'm the reason this wasn't out on Halloween. <laughs> and yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. I'm also a little high. I love you all! This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. Carson, do you have any socials you would like to plug? Yeah, so uh, once again, you can find me at Carson.Rafuse, R-A-F-U-S-E, on Instagram, or at Carson Rafuse on LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a new social. Thank you so much, Carson, for being our judge once again. Thank you for bookending our spooky season. Thank you, Mel, and thank you, Jess, for bringing such good material to the table. I This is for sure going to be a podcast that I'm going to listen to like throughout my fun little years. I, oh, I'm kind of sad, actually. I'm a little sad. I'm going to TBH. I'm feeling my emotions, and I am feeling a little reminiscent. I think we've come a long way. I think we've come a long way as a little group of friends. Oh, and we've had so many fun judges. Oh my god, we should have a fun little montage. Oh, cute. Okay. There is no poll because this is our final episode for the season. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you had a lovely, lovely time. We hope you got your pants spooked off, your socks spooked off. I'm sorry I didn't do my host voices like I said I would. I got nervous and my accents are not very good. Um, actually, I think I crushed that New Yorker accent. Well, strong finish. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you soon. Maybe, maybe under your bed, or in the closet, or maybe on a Spotify. Depends. Oh, bye! Um, that's so sick. LinkedIn, hey? <laughs> Sorry, you don't have to put that in. <laughs> I do mean it genuinely. I'm not being mean. I just, I don't think I've heard the word LinkedIn in, since I was 12. Um, I'm not old. Fuck, just, <laughs> oh God, whatever. I'm <laughs> moving on.